a real pleasure this morning to be able to introduce my lovely wife, Sandra, who is going to be our guest preacher today. Thanks so much. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Yeah? That's good. Look, I'm going to start my timer. There we go. Try and stay on track. Us girls know how to talk. <laughs> As you heard, I'm Sandra, and um, I'm part of the pastoral staff here if you don't know who I am. And I really want to welcome our guests that have come here today and to share the service with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, today is a special day, isn't it? It's bittersweet, though, for some. And um, we just want you to know that our hearts go out to you at this time and that even as you sit in the service here, that you really would feel um, God's love, his presence and his heart for you, um, that you're not alone and that he understands. When you came in, ladies, um, some at, at the door, they might have said to you to pick up one of these cards. If you don't have one of them, you can go back to either of the tables up the back there and pick up one. On the other side is a picture. It's got some special name, like a mandala or something like that. But anyway, it's colouring in. Now, I know us girls can multitask. Ooh, we can multitask. So grab a couple of colouring in pencils that are up the back there that are your favourite colour. Okay, not just any old colour, but the favourite colour. And I won't be, um, like, offended if I see you colouring while I'm talking, because I know we can multitask. I'd like to begin our time by reading us something from Genesis, though, um, in the Bible. It's the first book of the Bible, and it's God talking to us about his creation time. So starting at verse 26, is that me? Oh, is it my hair? Scraping across that. Okay. I'll tuck it behind my ear. Um, verse 26 and 27 and 31. It says, Now we will make humans in our image, and they will be like us. We will let them rule the fish. How nice. Yep. Yes. Mike likes that. The birds. Any shooters here? Anyway. Um, the birds and all other living creatures. So God created humans to be like himself in his own image. In the image of God... He created them, male and female. He created them. He's kind of like emphasizing this a little bit. Then in verse 31, it says, God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. Not just good, not just average, but very good. And I've really felt like Papa, Daddy God, wanted to say to you, the women in the house here today, he says, Thank you for expressing who I am. Without you, the fullness of me, God, is not fully expressed. My character, my heart, <laughs> my fierceness, and I love that you're rising up. I love that you're using the voice I gave you. I love that you're taking your place, the one that I always fully intended for you to take. Thank you. Thank you. And as a church family, we also want to say to the women, um, and especially to the mums today, that we praise you for who you are. Yeah. We delight in you. And we thank you for staying at your post. 
Paul talks in the Bible um, about the amount of influence that you actually get to have when you stay at your post, when you stay true to who you are. And we want to say that we're proud of you, especially you mums, when you've made sacrificial decisions that probably no one will ever know about except you and God, but you did it for the best of your family and you did it for your kids. Thank you for being there no matter what, <laughs> no matter how tired, no matter what things were like for you, but just for staying there, for making time to listen, for reading that extra book. You kids all know that. Can you remember that? The extra book that you wheedled out of mum? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for having your kids' backs when they needed it. And thank you for being their mum, not their best friend, but for being their mum when they needed a mum. We say thank you for doing that. Thank you for seeking wisdom and advice, whether that was from your girlfriends like Katrina or whether that was from um, older people's advice, people that you admire and you look up to. You've sought wisdom, whether that's through the books that you've been reading. Thank you for seeking to fill their love tank with hugs and words of encouragement, for hanging out together and for the, using the three most powerful words in their day. Now, studies say that we need three hugs a day. Did you know that? Can you all just stand to your feet for just one minute? Just one minute. Okay, we'll just do this little, we'll do the swap when I do this. We need three hugs a day to keep our emotional tanks sort of like just on even, not even top, you know, like not even going over the top, three hugs. And that it keeps that sense of aloneness at bay. So can I just ask that you just kind of do the safe sideways hug, you know, so we're not getting too familiar. But three hugs, three hugs. Well done, well done. Look, I'm rewired. I've got like lots of them now. You know, I don't and haven't met a mum that doesn't want to be a good one. We all try our very best. But actually, what does qualify being a good mum? I mean, there are heaps of books on parenting, but I don't know um, if like you, other mums out there, but when I got mine, you know, my model, it came with no manual that was specific for that model when it came. And then when number two came along, like what you thought you got sussed in that model was like totally different to the next one. And so it was just not, not helpful at all. You know, and if we have, um, yes, depending on our child, we can find that, um, how we see ourselves, how we view ourselves, um, our identity kind of gets wrapped in and around what being a good mum is. Am I a good mum and so therefore am I, am I a good person? Who am I? Um, and it can become about whether they are sleeping through the night and when they sleep through the night. 
um, uh, how well they feed or how are we feeding them? Are we bottle feeding them or not? You know, um, how chilled are they? How chilled am I? You know, how settled do they get when they come with other people? Or are they fractious? And when our who I am gets intertwined with our identity of being a good mum, well, actually, whether we have a good baby, it gets pretty dangerous ground that we step onto. We can either have this fabulous child and we start to feel like we're pretty amazing. You know, I've, I've just got it together. You know, this, I don't know why other people have problems. Um, I don't, you know. Or if we have a child that is a bit more fractious, like my first. I was on dangerous ground because it just echoed this secret, deep down belief that I had about myself that really I was just hopeless at this. I was really dumb at this new gig at new things, I didn't do well at all, you know. It just confirmed to me that, mm, not so good, not so good, that maybe I'm even a disappointment to my parents. And my sense of who I am, who you are, your identity can take a hit. And when our identity takes a hit, our insecurity just skyrockets. And when we feel insecure, it's because we're not solid in who we are. And what we do is we try to hide that. We, you know, no, everything's cool, everything's fine, no, I'm doing fine, everything's good, everything's good, or we just don't come out. You know, we hide what's really going on, or we literally just go, and don't leave the house. It's the same for guys. This is something that humanity, we all have to deal with our identity, and who I am. <sighs> there is this expression that is called colouring in the lines of other people's expectations. And that's why I actually had up the back there for us girls this wee little card with the colouring in, with this mandala. We can end up colouring in the lines of what other people's expectations are on what we actually might think is advice, but it's actually about pleasing somebody else's perspective. And so it's like, what should I do? What should I do? And if I do that, then you'll think I'm being a good mother and or I'm a good dad or I'm a good work person, you know, and so I'll color it in. In fact, tell me what color to use. You know, I'll just use, you think, oh, blue? Blue, okay, I'll use blue, I'll use blue, and then I go and ask somebody else and they say orange. And I'm thinking blue and orange don't go together. Okay, but you say orange, orange, I'm going to use orange. And we start coloring in our life according to what other people say about us. You know, have you seen these books? Boys, you've all seen these, haven't you? Lads, yes. They're called wellness and wholeness books now. They're just coloring in books. But, you know, whoa, wellness and wholeness, we all want that. And so... <laughs> What all of us girls, I haven't seen any of the guys that when we go camping come with one of these. All of us girls, bring one. We've all got one. And we color them in and we choose and they take forever. You know, this is not a quick fix. You know what you're going to do. Last Christmas, we decided because they take so long, we were going to help each other. It would be quicker. Can you see where this is going already? Okay. Yeah. 
it took maybe three seconds for it to be like, no, no, don't use that color there. That won't, no, that color doesn't go with that. No, we, oh. I wanted to shade that area so it just looked different. Three seconds. Three seconds was all it took for us to decide this is really uncomfortable when somebody else colors your picture, okay? And it doesn't work for you. But that's what we do to ourselves. That's what we do to ourselves. And it ends up jarring. And we, we get kind of like on the inside about the fact that we can't actually show up and be ourselves and know that we'll be loved and will be accepted. But we do it. <laughs> you know, there are, varying there are times when I look back where I have done just this to varying intensities depending on my level of insecurity, okay? Um, in my own life, when I was a teenager and we shifted to Malaysia, we were in this totally new environment. I was with all these rich kids and we that was not my background, but international stuff and school and everybody going out, nightclubbing and that kind of thing. And it was just like whoo, way over my head. But I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to fit in. The next time was when I was married. I married John and um, became a pastor's wife. I so wanted him to be proud of me and not disappointed because I'd messed up. So I wanted a new slate. And I wanted the people in the church to be proud of me too. So look past my tears, okay? <sighs> you know, to the point where I, I would get my sister to go shopping with me so that she could choose the right clothes that would be acceptable, that I thought. Nobody ever said this to me. Nobody ever said it to me, but I thought would be acceptable because she was more like subdued. And she was more like lovely and calm and together. And so I would get her to choose my clothes, believe it or not. Oh, I can't believe it when I think about it. <laughs> oh. Anyway, then, then, then I had kids. Oh, and that was like another thing. My sister had the most perfect child. It was so annoying. And then Micah was just like so sick, you know, and bleh, and, you know, just blah. So it was just like, whew. I not only got other people to color in, I gave away my pencils and let them color it in for me. I'm not proud of it, but that is what I did because my security was not in whom I am, not to who I belonged. I was a Christian. I'd given my life to Jesus. I loved him, and I wanted to serve him with my whole life. <laughs> but my security was not in that. My security was even less in what Jesus, what God actually said about me. I had all this stuff going through my head about what I said about me. And I sought from other people what they would say about me. <sighs> but my security was in whom I was accepted by, who I was pleasing, keeping them happy, and actually listening to my own internal voices. And I believed myself over what God actually said about me. And I found myself seeking external validation rather re than realizing I could have internal revelation. Yeah. External validation rather than an internal revelation that was all mine that God wanted to give me. 
I hadn't learned it. I hadn't learned like John was preaching about two weeks ago. And if you haven't heard his message, go online. You need to. You'll be so blessed. I hadn't learned that I was seated in heavenly places. This is who I am. This is who I am. Not the picture that I've gotten everybody else to color in. Not all my people pleasing. (laughs) This is who I am. Not because of what I have done. Anything I have done. But because of what he has done. And it's not because of anything I do right now that gives me this opportunity to sit here. It was all because I did one thing. I had one to do, and that was to say yes to Jesus. Yes to wanting him to be Lord of my life. Yes to receiving this amazing gift that is called salvation. And then he freely gives back to me his righteousness. That is who I am. This is who I am. And this is what happens when you give your life to Jesus. This is the amazing thing. You know, each time I figured out that I'd given away my, my, my life, letting somebody else color it in, or that I was running for Jesus, jogging for Jesus, jogging for that righteousness. Again, you need to listen to that message two weeks ago, and you'll get what I'm saying. It bothered me immensely. I got really upset. I just, like, didn't take it as an, oh, that's okay. You know, no, I was really upset But I found that God was not upset, even though I was upset. He was not disturbed, even though I was disturbed. He was not bothered, even when I was like really bothered with him. Because some of the things that I was doing, you know, running hard for, was I thought I was doing for him. When all he was wanting to do the whole time was get my attention and draw me into his presence so that I could discover who I am. He doesn't focus on all the, my wild emotions that I'm having because I'm quite expressive. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't just kind of have calm emotions. I'm either up or I'm down, okay? So God didn't seem to be bothered with this either. He didn't get upset with any of this. Like I said, he was busy focusing on drawing me into his presence so that I could begin to see myself as he sees me. He needed to capture my attention. So who does he say I am? On that card that I gave you, this is being produced by um, this we list, being produced by Hillsong with a song that Amy sang right at the end. I am who he says I am a declaration of the goodness of God. And for me, I'm my beloved's and he is mine and his banner over me is love has been one of those amazing internal revelations that I feel like God has had me on this like journey with him over. This is why I have it tattooed on my, on my arm, beloved, because for me it's like this reminder, this is who I am. I am his beloved, and he is mine, and his banner over me is love. And that is yours, 
as well to have and to experience and to discover. You know, when he gets our attention, I need you to know it's not ever to shame you, not ever to make you feel bad. Like, I felt upset that I'd given away my card of my life and let other people color it in, and that I was running hard for him and getting exhausted, you know, and just, you know, panting on the sideline for Jesus, you know. But he just wants to get our attention. It's kind of like he lets us run out of our own steam. And then he gets our attention. But it's always the invitation. With, with Jesus, it's always the invitation. If you, if you ever get the words of condemnation and, and, and you're useless and you're dumb and you blah, 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 all that stuff, that is not God. That is never him. He is always inviting you in to know him more so that you can know yourself more and discover who you are. You know, it's our wrestle, our wrestle of am I seated here or am I or giving out my coloring in pencils to people? You know, what is it? This is my wrestle that I actually have. Like I said, when I'm on the throne, I'm seated with him. When I'm off the throne, all my faults, all my reactions, all my behaviors, all my thoughts spring straight up to mind to remind me what? That I'm not where I belong. This is where I belong. That's where I belong. You know, <laughs> um, in, uh, gosh, I'm all over the place. Um, this is the beautiful exchange that Jesus gives us when we're saved. And it's our journey of learning how to walk in that. You know, running to earn righteousness seems right, but it's wrong. Resting and sitting on this chair, saying I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm the righteousness of God. I am his beloved and he is mine. I have the mind of Christ, so I have clarity of thought. All these things, this is who I am. That is my wrestle. You know, and I wish I could say I read the book, as in the Bible, and then I got some other helpful information on it. I prayed a prayer. I made a declaration. I've done it, you know, and now I am a person of strength. My identity is secure in who I am and to whose I belong. I no longer strive. I'm no longer a people pleaser at all, and I am true to who I am. And so I step into all my relationships with courage and with dignity. Well, if you know me, you know that none of that's actually totally valid. Because <laughs> if only growing up were that easy. Because that is all it is. It's simply just growing up in God. It's simply just owning who I am. And, you know, and one of the things that I've discovered is that I'm extremely complex. You might not be. You know, you might be like, really not. But <laughs> I am. I'm complex, okay? I have got covers. I've got blinds. I've made inner vows. I'm quite happy to lie to myself, I have discovered. You know, like, I have, like, I believe this 
right down the line. And the next day I'll be like, I dealt this right down the line, you know. And, oh, we both live inside, you know. I seem to be quite happy with that. I've made, um, I have filters of, of everything. People speak to me. I filter it of what comes to me. But I love how God has made a way forward for us. He hasn't left us, like John said a couple of weeks ago, stuck in that place. Graham quoted Max Ricardo um, a while ago and said, Grace is the voice that calls us to change, then gives us the power to pull it off. And this power to pull it off is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he needed to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come. And that's one of his roles, is this power to pull it off. And another is that he is the revealer of truth. And this is scripture again that John brought out that if you go and listen to his message, it will kind of like unpack a little bit more what I feel like I'm just skimming over. So go and, and really do listen to it. His job is to lead us into all truth, into all truth. You know, my Bible says it like this. When I say yes to Jesus... And become a disciple, a child of God, and want to live his way and not my own way, because I have discovered my own way gets me in a lot of trouble. Um, I don't actually make consistently good decisions. I seem to have been able to make consistently bad ones. So um, I really love the fact that I can actually turn to him and get his wisdom on how to live my life. But I don't want to live my own way anymore but I want to live with truth and love leading me. Ephesians 1.5 is the most beautiful chapter. You must go and read it. Can I encourage you to? Because it says, I am adopted into his family. This is why I am seated in heavenly places. I'm now adopted into this family. Can I get you to close your eyes for a moment? When he says that you are adopted into his family, you become a child of God. But like any adopted child, you've picked up behaviors and beliefs about yourself that are based out of your previous family, your previous life that you've been a part of. Now, these experiences are fact but they're not always true about who you are. Now you belong to a new world. You have a new home culture and you have a perfect papa saying to you that you are chosen, not forsaken. That you are flawless, not broken. That you are whole in him and that you share the inheritance of everything that God has created in the heavens and the earth and beyond because you said yes to Jesus. But like most of us, this child that is sitting in this chair is listening to this papa talk to me and we're finding it, you're finding it, hard to accept this truth over what you've experienced and the conclusions that you've come to yourself. But you have the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into all truth. And he empowers you to recognize that outward behavior of your insecurity, 
your fears, your allergic reactions, which look like anxiety, blaming others, the need to control, the need to be right, the perfectionism, the blowing out, the running away, the clamming up. <laughs> but he also then goes further. He leads you into more truth by helping you identify the sources of those in your life. And then he helps you to take steps to learning how to take responsibility of, of your heart, of your emotions, of your responses, of your choices. And this is growing up. This is being called self-aware. This is what Steve Bryant was talking about last week. And this is the invitation. You can open your eyes. This is the invitation to walk in righteousness. We need to stop, we need to look, and we need to evaluate. When I respond, when I find myself responding in a way that is not consistent with what God says about me and who I am, don't just give the excuse, well, this is just who I am and you have to accept me. It's an invitation. This is God's invitation to you to actually be able to address that so we actually are here, living out of here. We need to ask ourselves, is this response consistent with who God says I am? Or am I just like, you know, how people do that, make you do that? We like, we like to say that. You made me, you know. If you didn't, I wouldn't. You know, we have all these excuses and reasons. But the Holy Spirit's asking us. He's leading us into all truth. He's leading us into who I am. I need to ask myself, what am I really afraid of? What am I actually really angry about? Now, this does take a little press pause and time, okay? But it is well worth it because this is the invitation that God is giving. Why do I need to be in control? Why do I always have to have everything perfect? And if you press pause and ask yourself those questions, you will come to some very insightful answers that you will not like how they make you feel. And that's why we don't go there. Because it is our value and our worth that we are holding in a big, huge question mark. But we need to ask God to show me. God, what do you want to show me? What is it? that makes me react like this? What, what statements have I actually, do I draw from myself that, you know, if I'm not perfect, um, what does that mean I am? What will other people think about me? What will that say? Is it that I'm useless or that I'm not organized? And so if I'm not organized, that means I'm just... I'm like, like not a dependable person, and if I'm, I'm not a dependable person, then, then I'm just like, like, and we have an I am statement underneath that. And that is what we want to get to. I know for me, my I am statements is, um, I can't be fixed. I am so broken, I can't be fixed. Another that most of us have in some sort of language or form is that I'm a reject or I'm a failure or I'm a disappointment. 
And these lies, because that's what they are, they keep us a victim. They keep us reacting. They keep us blaming other people. They keep us clamming up and shutting people out. But we need to actually, the Holy Spirit is leading us into truth. And he wants us to change the way that we think. This exchange, the looking in the mirror. Who do we see? We need to break agreement with those things. Break agreement with them. In the name of Jesus, I renounce that lie and any of the thought patterns that go with it. And then we ask God what his truth is. Holy Spirit, what truth do you want to give me in this place? The place of this lie. (laughs) God says to me, I knew you before the beginning of time. I planned you. I purposed you for good things. I can't be so broken that I can't be fixed. Because he says he planned me and he purposed me. And he, has, he wants to speak truth into your world, into the deepest part of you, that you can actually learn how to walk in wholeness and in freedom so that you find yourself sitting on this throne, sitting down here. I am who he says I am, and I'm growing in him. I'm taking back my coloring in pencils from the people that I gave them away to. You know, advice is a good thing, but not when it's just to please people, not when it changes who I am, who God says I am. And sitting here too, says, God... I am your righteousness. It's your free gift to me, and I don't have to jog for Jesus. I don't have to earn anything. I can sit here and actually learn how to live out of this place. So I want, I was thinking about how to finish this time, and I really. I want to make it kind of like this, an action, a movement, where it's, you're saying, I want to get off this, and I want to take this back, so it's mine, and I want to come and sit here. And it's my statement that I'm yours, and I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. So I want to open up the, um, the floor, so to speak. I've got three chairs down the front here. And I've got people that um, will be praying over, those of you that want to come forward, and sit in one of these chairs. They won't be, like, counselling you. You don't have to, you know, expose anything. I've asked them just to bless so that you would have this internal revelation an ongoing internal revelation about your identity and that you sitting on the chair actually says, God, I want to put an end to this external validation that I just keep seeking after, that I keep going after instead of going to you. So I want to give you opportunity to come down and do that. If there's a queue, don't worry. We won't be taking long to pray over each person and then, and then for you to be able to move on. But I do want to give you that opportunity. And there will be some here that actually are like, 
I want to get adopted into that family. I want to, I want to become a part of Jesus' family. And I want to get off the treadmill of life. And I, I want to learn how to actually keep growing in God and um, understanding who he is and all that he has for me. When people are if you've come with somebody, bring them down to the front with you. When everybody gets up and stands, and we're going to have people coming forward to be prayed for here. Oh, worship team, would you like to pop up? <laughs> um, and they're going to be praying over in the background, like prophetically singing over you the song and the words of truth to go deep into your spirit. Um, and I just I invite you all to actually be part of that, of just soaking that in or singing that over the people that are actually going to be coming forward, that this would be like a watershed day. This would be a day where the line is getting drawn in the sand. So would you stand? Just before, oh, can I have, can I be back on? Just before we finish, just so you smile, end the service with a smile. This is what my son sent me for Mother's Day. Thanks for everything. I turned out awesome. <laughs> uh, for those of you that would actually like to give your life to the Lord, um, I'll be waiting down here too, sitting down here, uh, standing down here, and I'd love to be able to pray with you. Um, the prayer people just start. Thanks. Hero.